You're listening to the e-commerce marketing show presented by Privy. Hey, what's up, everybody? Thanks for listening to another episode of the e-commerce marketing show. I'm excited today because one thing that we've been trying to do over the last couple of weeks is to mix in and really focus on practical and tactical advice that can help you figure out what the heck to do with your business during this time. And today we have John McDonald on. John is the founder of The Good. They are a conversion rate optimization firm that has worked with some of the biggest brands really online today, from Adobe to Nike to Xerox to The Economist and many more. John, thanks for coming on the show. appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Let's just dive right into this thing. So you guys have actually been working on a report that dives into some of the impact that e-commerce brands are seeing based on the COVID-19 stuff. So I'm just going to turn it over to you. Just give me some background on that. And why did you guys actually go out and do the report? And what are some of the early findings? Well, we started doing the report because I was hearing two different angles on how e-commerce businesses are performing right now. There's the ones that just numbers are off the charts. Right. Everyone's staying at home and they're buying online instead of retail and they don't want to go out to their mall or the mall's closed now, perhaps. And so I'm hearing from a ton of e-com brands that they're just thriving, which is great to hear. Then I'm hearing from the other half that they're having major supply chain issues. You know, their products were made overseas. Factories have been closed down for a while. They just don't have a means of getting a restock of their supplies and stock. So they don't really have a whole lot to sell. And they're really concerned about that lull. So what we did is we wanted to understand more about what the challenges were that these e-com brands were facing outside of those two angles. And really, how many people were on each side of that fence, right? It's really hard to tell right now. So what we did is we put out a survey. It was just four simple questions. We just really wanted to know how e-commerce brands were being impacted by COVID-19. And we found a lot of great information out of that. What's interesting on our end, we're not an e-commerce brand, but we have a product that e-commerce brands use. And we've actually seen ridiculous traffic growth and trial growth of Privy in the last two weeks. But when you dive into that, we hear conversations on the phone or talking to other people in the industry that it, it does seem to be this mixed bag of, yes, there's more people online. Yes, people are home and they're buying things. However, it depends on the industry and also what the supply chain looks like, right? Exactly. I'm curious too, how many of those trials and all that traffic is turning into revenue? Because I think that's the other question that's out there right now for service providers like ourselves that are working with e-com brands. A lot of those e-com brands, I was wondering, are they going to dial back partially for my own business, right? And having kind of understanding of where that's going to be heading soon, but also just to understand what's their mindset. Is it a growth mindset? Are they going to take advantage of an opportunity of all this additional traffic or you know, some brands who are just seizing up their marketing spend and instead looking for how to thrive in this marketplace? So that was all part of the questions that we asked in the survey. It's tough because I'm a marketer. And so like I think that the way to get through this is to invest in marketing, right? If you pull back your investment in marketing, then you're definitely not going to grow. But if you're spending in marketing, but people aren't buying, then all that is for nothing anyway. So let's dig into some of the results that you found. 
Over half of the respondents said they expected to see sales grow. So that kind of is right in line with what you just said, right? 50-50 down the middle. Some people think they're going to grow during this. Some people think they're going to have to cut back. Yeah, which I think is really interesting because along with that, 61% said that they were going to reduce their marketing spend. That's where I think there's a big divide, right? What is that 10% gap? Because as you just said, we're both marketers or we work with marketers too. There's 50% who say they're going to thrive. But then there's 60% who said they're going to stop spending money on marketing. I don't know how that's going to shake out because as you said, it's going to be really difficult for that 60% to continue to grow or even really maintain in this marketplace if they're not getting the word out that they're still available for revenue, essentially. And I also think like similar to what's happening in the world right now, like everybody is taking this day by day. And so I wonder if a lot of that is... I would like to keep investing in marketing, but I don't know because I need to see how this thing shakes out. The hard part is nobody knows if this is going to be three months, six months, nine months, 12 months. And I think maybe there's an overlap there if that was like a Venn diagram of people who are kind of in the wait and see world. Yeah, I agree with that. And one thing that we want to do is follow up in a couple more weeks and rerun the survey and see what's changed in sentiment. Because I think that a lot has changed. And the longer this drags on, the more we're going to see these smaller e-com brands that either become somebody's full-time job and they're really going to run with it. Or what we're going to see is they just shut down shop because they weren't really making a lot of revenue or money before. And it might cost them more now to keep the doors open than do anything else. I think it'll be interesting to run this in a few more weeks and just see where that sentiment has changed. Yeah, just to hit on the rest of the stuff that you have. So 61% predicted that they would likely reduce marketing spend if things got worse, which I think makes a lot of sense. But 35% are going to keep the same spend or more. I wonder if that's because they're in industries that are probably not going to see a big impact. We've seen a big jump in outdoor brands, which has been interesting. A lot of people now are buying jackets to go out and walk. I I live in Portland, Oregon, Pacific Northwest. It's been rainy here. A lot of people are ordering stuff to go outside and hike and get outside occasionally, right? My friend sent me a funny meme that was like, When we're not in quarantine, we all sit around and look at our phones all day. But now that we have to be quarantined, we're all trying to figure out how can we get outside. (laughs) It's hilarious, right? I mean, we work with a company that retrofits four by fours. So they take, you know, four by four cars and they sell additional parts to make them a little more rugged and adaptable for use. And their sales have just been off the chart. It's really interesting to see that kind of trend where they might have a really big down day, one day when the market just crashes and everybody, the sentiment's really poor. But then the next day, everybody's like, you know what, I'm going to keep living my life and I want to get out and go explore nature on my own. I'm going to retrofit my 4 by 4 a little more. It's really interesting to see. I think the last data point that you had was about 35% said that things being out of stock were really their biggest concern, which makes sense, which is like, hey, there might be demand, you might be able to convert it. But if you don't have that stuff in a warehouse somewhere, That's the opportunity. Is that because things are selling out or because people are concerned about the production? I think both. I think we're seeing a lot of brands who are thriving, but they're selling out and they can't get that product. I'm hearing from a lot of them that factories have reopened, especially in Asia. But the problem is they've reopened with less staff and they still have ramp up time. In addition to that, ports are really backed up. So once they do get the product manufactured, they have no idea when they're going to actually get that in hand to be able to ship it back out to their customers here in the States and elsewhere. So that's the big concern, I think, with these folks is they just don't know what's going to happen and they're concerned about out-of-stock products. When do you think you'll do the follow-up to this? 
I'd like to do it probably the first week of April. So a couple of weeks from now, most likely. Maybe you'll just continue to do it. It could be a benchmark thing in the industry. If you just do it monthly or quarterly, it would be interesting to see. Yeah, I agree with that completely. I hope that we don't need to do this for many months, but, but we'll, uh, we'll do yeah. it as long as it can be helpful. That's the kind of state of things right now. But since you're here and your whole thing is conversion rate optimization, let me try to pick your brain a little bit on like, what advice are you giving to brands out there, right? If you can't go out and spend, because I, I think that I don't want to mix the two together, right? Just because you can't go out and spend on marketing doesn't mean that you can't actually do marketing. And you're a CRO you know, agency, like you guys know that better than anybody else. So what are you advising people? Like what advice would you give me in that world? Where can I focus if I can't go out and spend to acquire new customers? I think that customer experience on your website is more vital now more than ever. You really have to, if you are cutting all that marketing spend, you really need to be thinking about converting the traffic that you're already getting. How are you going to convert that organic traffic? If you are spending to drive traffic still, how are you going to get the highest return on that ad spend possible? And it needs to be in a sustainable way as opposed to just spending on ads. Right now, if you are spending on ads, you might get people to your site, but it may be that you know, it's on a day where the sentiment's down a little bit across the country because of the market or, or whatever else. The news isn't that great. So people stop buying that day. So you just don't know what's going to happen with that marketing spend on a day-to-day basis. So really what you need to make sure you do is once somebody gets to the site that you convert them from that visitor into a buyer as quickly and easily as possible. And what I mean by that is a lot of conversion optimization sentiment around the internet is that, hey, you just add discounts or you change button colors, do things like that. You know, Our mission at The Good is to remove all of the bad online experiences until only the good ones remain. What that means for us is let's make sure that you have a great consumer experience. Not only will that make a better online experience for the shopper who's on your site, but it will also mean you'll have a higher conversion rate, higher sales, lower cart abandonment, average order value goes up. All of these metrics that e-commerce brands want. But it can just be achieved through creating a great consumer experience. And that's really where people should be focusing right now. And often, that doesn't require a lot of resources to do. One thing that you talked about is the importance of messaging. Take me into that. Like, What do you have to change from a messaging perspective right now? And, and how much does messaging impact conversion rate at a time like this? I think discounting is not something you should really be looking to do. But all in all, with how you message around your discounts and how you message around your emails, and I've heard you talk about this a lot, Gigi, you just don't want to be tone deaf. You really need to make sure that you're not capitalizing on the trauma that's out there. You want to be helpful. And I think that being helpful goes back again to just having a great consumer experience. But it's really all about understanding where does your brand fit into people's lives right now? How has that changed? And how can you be helpful during this time? Just look for those opportunities to lead in that way and do the right thing. And I think that's what's going to make most sense for businesses out there and really make sure that you, know, you have a sustainable brand that's really going to thrive coming out of this. I think one of the best marketing lessons is to basically address whatever is in your consumer's mind, your potential customer's mind, to say all those things upfront because you don't want to let doubt creep in. You don't want to let them have to figure it out themselves. And so I think like that could mean in a normal market, hey, let's say I'm selling hoodies. I love hoodies, right? Let's say I'm selling hoodies and my hoodies are a little bit more expensive than everybody else's, right? Well, what I would do as a marketer is I would actually 
call that out and say, hey, I know what you're thinking. Why buy hoodies from Dave when his are a little bit more expensive? But let me tell you why. These are actually made from blah, 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 right? That's great marketing. Today, I think what you talked about is really important, which is you can continue to sell, but I think you have to address what's going on in the world right now. And so to me, that would be front and center of my website, whether that's an announcement bar, changing the welcome message and the pop-ups that I have, or just changing the overall content on the site to be a little bit more empathetic and reflect the tone and not try to come off as capitalizing on the trauma, right? Exactly. What we're going to find over time is brands who do capitalize are going to start losing sales pretty quickly because people are seeing right through this right now. I've had several experiences online where I've seen this and brands I've interacted with over the past couple of weeks that has a lasting power. I had booked a hotel in Vegas on the Strip for an event I was supposed to be going to. Obviously, that event's been canceled. I had booked a non-refundable room and the massive casino refused to refund my deposit. And I'm never going to stay at that hotel chain again. Because it's like, hey, you know, we're all shut down. We're all going through this together. I realize that's going to hurt your business as well. At least let me change when I book that room. Like, give me a credit I can use, right? I'm happy to do that. I understand the circumstances. But understanding what your consumers are going through, having empathy for that is really going to go a long way. And I think coming out of this, people are going to remember whether or not you took advantage of the situation or you were helpful. It's a great point. Like this could be a time to earn, you know, lifelong customers that go beyond whatever is going to happen in the next three to six to nine months, hopefully shorter than that, based on how you communicate. It's like any relationship, right? You're going to remember how, um, how people treated you. And the, the same is true for what's happening online as a brand. Like one, one tone deaf email can, can hurt you and, and make, make it so you're never going to get that customer again. Um, you have, okay. So, you have a bunch of quick wins for e-commerce brands and maybe maybe I'll go through them and tee them up for you and it'd be cool if you could just give some color on them. So number one is ma- maintain price integrity for now. Yeah, so do you really need to discount right now? Right? And I think obviously if your business is, is just tanking and you need to survive, then you need to get some quick wins. But understand that Really just discounting right now, all you're doing is devaluing your brand in the long term. Discounting is not conversion optimization. I call discounting margin drain because that can be really what it is over the long term. Yeah. Right? It, it can be helpful to get people in the door. I understand that. Um, but there's so many other value points that you can provide right now that are going to be really helpful. Free shipping. Right? You could do quick shipping. Uh, you could do gift with purchase. Right. You could, there's so many of these other things you could do bundling, right? Sell, get your average order value up and bundle some of your top products together that you know people are going to want right now. Uh, We work with a a jerky brand, right? Beef jerky brand. And they immediately saw that so many people were going online and buying because it's a shelf stable food, buying in large quantities. They were ordering, you know, uh, a pound, but they were ordering 10 pounds at once. So they put together a survival pack is what they called it. And they made it a hundred pound box of, of uh, beef jerky, all the different flavors, all the different products. And they put them all together in one pack, one order that you could get that was a hundred pounds. And it sold out. It went off the shelves and they had to ramp up manufacturing. And I think that's a good way to look at this. Instead of saying, I'm just going to give you a top line discount, in which case coming out of this, your brand is forever still going to be a discount brand in the eyes of that consumer. Instead, there's a lot of other ways to provide value right now that aren't going to be just a flatline percentage off discount. 
I love that because all those things are about adding more value instead of, I, I actually think that like, depending on what the discount is, it can look like, you know, ambulance chasing more than actually adding value, right? Like, yeah, that's what, exactly what, it. what's the hook for your discount? Because times are tough right now. Okay, well, how can you actually add more value or could you give away something for free or what, what, what could you do? I like that one. Uh, okay, so that was number one is maintain price integrity. Don't don't fall into discounting just because. Now, if you do need if you need cash though, then discounting could be can be a strategy if you think that uh, you know you're literally trying to get cash to to survive. I, I do understand that. Second one is focus on your highest value customers, and I, I love this one because marketing one hundred and one is like where 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 your best customers going to come from your existing customers. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right, and the goal here is to reduce your overall customer acquisition cost. Right right now, marketing spend is likely going down and you need to get more from that same spend. But the best way to do that, as you said, is to not constantly having to be spending to bring in new customers. So what can you do? You can reach out to your highest value customers. Maybe you can offer them some type of special. Again, doesn't have to be a discount, but just say, hey, you know what? For our favorite customers right now, this is what we're doing. Or, hey, you know what? We're running low on stock. And we wanted to reach out to you first because we know you love our products, right? Make them feel special. And I think right now that's going to go a really long way that you're looking out for them because they have been a longtime customer or they've reached a certain threshold in their spend with you. Um, it's pretty easy to find these customers and, in your list and offer them something special. Yep. Uh, even just asking for a referral right now or, or a review, right? That that those things can have a can have a big impact. Um, in the in the similar vein, you talk about focusing on your highest value products. Focus on your highest value products with the best margins. Right. So you want to ensure that these high margin product pages are going to have your highest conversion rate. So what I mean by that is, a lot of smaller and mid sized brands often say, "Hey, John." I don't know where to start with optimization. Where can I just start right now? And you know, the first thing you should be doing right now is is jumping into your analytics, looking at all of the data, and understanding not only what are your highest selling products, but where is most of your traffic going right now? Right? If you're just paying attention to this data and you have a really good understanding, then you know where to focus your efforts to get the most out of that effort. And I think right now, if you're focusing on your highest value products with the best margins that you're going to see the biggest return on your investment from uh, whatever efforts around marketing that you make right now. So don't forget to just focus on those high value products right now. And then the same vein, you talk about focusing on your highest value channels, which, which I love because to me, as a marketer, um, I, I, I sent something out a couple, uh, maybe last week, I said there's there's two marketing channels that are recession-proof. Number one is great copywriting, and number two is owning an email list. And I feel like, you know, for, for most brands, highest value channels is going to be that email list that you already have. Right. And I think, you know, one thing that a lot of people are forgetting about right now is SMS. Everybody's at home on their phones nonstop. And I really think people should be texting, uh, especially in e-com. And I've seen a lot come out of that right now. Brands that have been doing that the past week have been getting massive response rates. Now, again, you don't want to be tone deaf, right? You don't want to just hit them up with a discount over text, but just even like, hey, just want to let you know we're running low on this product. I know you've got it before and you really like it. 
um, that's a great channel that you can hit people up really quickly. But I agree with you, owned channels right now are going to be king. If you don't have an owned channel, you're going to have to spend way more to get revenue. I love it. Own, own channels are king. That's a good hook for this. Um, and then focus on creating the highest value customer. Uh, focus on creating the highest customer value. Don't focus on the first conversion. Optimize for repeat conversions. But that probably also goes back to what you said earlier is around, you know, are there, are there bumps you could add to increase the AOV or, or could mm-hmm. you think about bundling, right? Yeah. And I'm also talking about customer lifetime value here. Right. So again, it's how do you get those folks that are high value to come back? But also, how do you get people who maybe are lower on that list, have only done one order or had a smaller order? How do you focus on getting them to come back and order again? Right. So now we're not just talking about running a special for your high value. We're talking about every single customer that you already have on that owned list. How are you going to re-engage with them? And how are you going to continue to optimize your site for repeat conversions? And that should be an email follow-up flow that you have. If you don't have that automated flow set up, you really need to make sure you do that right now. And if you do, you need to be reviewing that right now to make sure it's not coming across tone deaf uh, in these times. And I think really hitting up that owned list again after they purchase can really be beneficial right now. Love it. Okay, have so many other good notes that I, that I want to go into with you. Okay, you have some stuff about, okay, where should you, we talk a lot about optimizing, but like, where do you start? So if you, if somebody has more time right now than money, what's your advice? Focus on the fundamentals. So again, focus on providing a great customer experience from the beginning to end of your site. What does that mean? Well, you should really make sure that you are diving into the data and understanding how your site visitors are engaging with your site. Now, look, there's only two reasons. We've been doing optimization for about 11 years. There's only two reasons we found people are on an e-commerce website. They have a pain or a need that they think that your site or product can help them solve. Right, So they heard about it from a friend. They saw an ad. Something led them to your site that says, oh, they can solve my pain or my need that I have. And then two, once they're on the site, they want to convert as quickly and easily as possible. And that's it. They're not there to hang out, right? Especially in these times, I know you and I both have kids at home right now. You know, Anytime we're trying to do something, we're going to get interrupted for the most part. Time is of the essence on these. I want to get in and out of your site as quickly and easily as possible. So look, that means I want to convert. And our goals are aligned on this. Your consumer's goals and your own goals are aligned in, in making sure that you can help people convert as quickly and easily as possible. And so really what you need to do, if you have more time than money right now, is start diving into the data. Look at Google Analytics, right? If you don't have an analytics package, just go get Google Analytics on there right now. If you don't, I'm, I'm, you know, I'd be surprised. And then look at heat maps, there's tools like Hotjar, H-O-T-J-A-R. Uh, it can tell you where people are clicking on your site, how far down every page they're scrolling. I can tell you, um, you can do session recordings and see how people are bouncing around your pages. Uh, you know, All of this data is going to tell you how people are engaging with your site. And if you have some time right now, and I know I'm not commuting anymore, so I've got at least an extra hour a day, I would be diving in to all of this data on a regular basis. Yeah. I, I love it. I think you. This is the opportunity to get creative, and I think the you, you're actually going to learn things about marketing right now 
during these tough times that are going to help you so much in the next year, two years, whenever, because I think that the big shift is to focus on what I always think of as, as like free money, right? What, what assets or things already exist. And so maybe that's like, Hey, if you have, if you do a lot with content, maybe that's adding in uh, calls to action embedded in all of your content to see if you can convert some of that traffic from content or, you know, adding in additional CTAs or additional emails to, uh, additional things in your in your welcome emails or shipping emails or confirmation emails or thank you pages right and i think that all starts from like just getting creative and saying okay i'm going to look at who are all the people that are already coming into my store are there opportunities that i can get more that i can get them to do something without having them leave and come back again uh and i i love i love i love all that that advice because it's it's simple right you have these tools already you have google analytics you have something like hotjar it doesn't it doesn't take a lot. One other thing that you mentioned, which is interesting, is like reach out to customers right now and do and and have them go through your website and do user research, right? Pay them ten bucks or give them a, a gift card or, or a free credit of something, right? Yeah, it doesn't take much right now. We all have additional time on our hands, and you know, I think that user interaction, customer research, is going to go so far, right? Under get in their heads, understand what they're thinking as they use your site. And this is pretty easy. Set up a free Zoom account and you can do use Zoom right now. I think it's 30 or 60 minutes that you can do a one-on-one chat on Zoom for free right now. So set up a free Zoom account and then all you have to do is ask people to navigate your website while they're sharing their screen and just give them a simple task to do. Say, find the hoodie that is the best fit for you. And just leave it at that. And then ask them to talk out loud about the experience they're having. Is there, uh, so what, what are they thinking as they're going through your site? So not only are you seeing what they're doing on your site, and they're also thinking of, uh, they're also hearing what they're thinking. So what I mean by that is we're trying to get not only what people are doing on your site through analytics and, and heat mapping, all that type of data, but we also want some of the more qualitative data about what people are thinking. And combining can be extremely powerful. And that's really where you're going to get insights that all your competitors aren't likely getting right now. Yeah, I love that. Um, what else? Man, this, this doc that I have is so good. <laughs> we should just post this with the show. Uh, okay, I like this one. How to deal with out-of-stock products, right? Because normally, like, if, if it's out of stock, like, why even have that on my website? I'm just going to lead people, lead people on. But you, you actually flip that and say, don't, don't ever delete those pages. Yeah, of course. I'm surprised I even have to say this, but it seems obvious, but I see it all of the time, David. Look, really should not uh, delete these out of stock pages because what happens is people are searching. Google hasn't removed that link yet, or they got a link from a friend and they still want to go to that page. and, And if they don't know that it's out of stock. So when they get there, you can capture them. And what I mean by that is you can collect an email for when it's back in stock, right? Make it feel exclusive, something like be the first to know, or, you know, you know, something of that sort that is really going to help people understand that you're looking out for their best interest. Uh, I would make it low intent, right? Capture a way to contact them, whether that be via text or via email. Um, but, you know, let them know they're not committing to anything. Right. And then that ad, not only are you adding to your email list or your, your marketing list that way, because you're capturing that information of somebody who you know is interested, but you're also not just losing a potential buyer. 
Yeah, there's somebody. There's you at least capture their email address or, or like one one of the, one of the things that we do a lot in marketing is like, um, you know, you can pre pre launch something or say like, hey, if if we you know if we built this, would you be interested in it? Right? Like you can always use that as the opportunity to capture demand um, for the future, and that continues to build your your email list. I think the other thing that you talked about is um, just to be be clear about. Uh, dates, right? Like even if, even if it's not going to ship for two, three months, I think you, you have some good advice around just like, Hey, being, being upfront of that, which uh, upfront with that and explaining that, Hey, this is not going to be in stock for a while. It's almost like there's a whole movement, uh, at least where, where, where I'm seeing around, you know, online and, and in my neighborhood, it's like, Hey, go out and, and buy uh, gift cards from small businesses that you, that you frequent. Like there's probably opportunities to, to make purchases, even if people mm-hmm. aren't get these things uh, immediately, right? Well, and that I think combined with, as you mentioned earlier, being upfront about the situation and acknowledging it while you're trying to sell, those two things could be a really powerful combination here. So tell people, hey, you know what? We know we're going to have stock shortages right now because of COVID-19 and supply chain concerns. So it would really help us if you would still buy this product knowing that we're not going to be able to ship it to you for two months. Right. That's a great marketing technique and a great sales technique. Not only are you acknowledging it up front, you're not trying to take advantage of the situation because you're giving them value. And what you're saying is, hey, you know what? We're a small e-com site. It would be really helpful if you really want this product, purchase it and we will ship it to you as soon as uh, it's available to us. And we expect that date to be X. Now you have to set that expectation. But I do think that as long as you're willing to keep people up to date, on how that process is going, uh, this could be really, really valuable for your business. Yeah, and you also talk about you, you showing showing people related products. So, hey, maybe this one, maybe this black hoodie isn't available, but we have one in gray and red right now. And you also, this is an interesting idea: is consider. Can you explain this? Consider bonuses for out of stock items. Yeah. So if something's out of stock, you don't necessarily have to um, offer a discount, again, a straight line discount, but you could say something like, I'll give you, um, I'll bundle in something extra if you buy this right now. Right. So add something else to the order of value. Uh, maybe it's even you have um, a, a ebook or a guide on how to, you know, if you're selling exercise equipment and you say, hey, you know what, we're going to be out of stock of that kettlebell for the next two weeks. We have more on the way, but if you purchase it right now, I'll throw in a, a workout guide for you. Right. So you can do something to increase the motivation to sign up, not only for that back to stock notification, but if they pre-purchase. So it works either way. I love that idea. All right, John, I could talk to you forever about this stuff, but this has been this has been super helpful. Maybe give us uh, one last thing. I want to I want to give you the opportunity to kind of close this off. So if I'm a if I'm an e-commerce brand right now, um, you know what what's your kind of parting advice for me to be thinking about and, and riding this wave? Well, I think that the brands that are going to be great are the ones that that have a bounce back plan. Right. What I mean by that is a shift in thinking is going to be needed after this initial shock to your business is through, right? Once we get through all of this initial health concerns and the economy starts moving again, you need to be thinking about how you're going to sprint. And I know it's super difficult to be thinking about that when we're in the middle of all of this, but we will get through this and the economy will recover. And when that happens, how are you going to come back aggressive? Because that change in mindset is going to be so crucial to finding success. And I'm a huge proponent of data-backed 
uh, decision making. And I really think that if you have solid data on how people are interacting with your websites and you've done all of that research now, that will help you make better decisions once we come out of this. And that is really going to help you thrive once things pick back up. Yeah, I love it. This has been great. Uh, where can where I'm excited to get this episode out, first of all. But where can people go find more about you and, and your stuff? Yeah, so uh, the good is just that, thegood.com. Pretty simple there. And feel free to email me directly if you have questions. It's just john, J-O-N, at thegood.com. I try to reply to every email. So if you have a question, anything of that sort, feel free to, to shoot a note over. I love it. Thanks, John. Uh, I'm glad you respond to every email because that, that stuff is totally worth it. Well, hey, everybody, thanks for listening to this episode of the e-commerce marketing show. If you got at least one tip from John, which I know you did because I have a doc that literally has about 10 of them in there. Uh, If you got at least one new tip from John today, it would would be amazing if you could share this episode on Twitter and let us know. uh, And also leave a review. Those those actually mean a lot. And in a time where you're home and sitting on the couch, maybe you could spend two minutes and, and write a review for the show. So thanks, John. It was great to finally chat with you. I will talk to you soon.